0: Hello and welcome to the Right for Life podcast. This week I'm joined by Lily Dunn, author and journalist whose first novel, Shadowing the Sun, came out in, and I haven't done my research now, Lily, even though we've just been talking about it. What year did it come out? 2008. 2008. And today we're gonna be talking about second novels because we both have a first novel which is out there and it's on the shelves. um, But uh, I'm right at the start of The process of writing a second novel and lily you are towards the end i believe so um before we go on to that if you could just give us a a bit of an overview of who you are and i guess a bit of a a bit of a, a writing background
1: okay um well i met you ian if you remember um on a master's degree um that we did at sheffield um and that was some time ago i can't remember maybe we left we might have left at different times but um That was when I decided to really commit to writing. I was working at Time Out magazine for many years after doing my BA. um, And I was an editor and writer there. I was probably there for about eight years, I think. And then I left and I did a master's and I wrote my first novel on my master's um, and submitted that. And that was the book that got published. Um, So I got published actually before I got my results for my master's. So that was quite a... Quite a good a good little thing, <laughs> um, and um, then I had two children. Um, so I was published in two thousand and eight. My first child was was one by then, and then I had another child the next year. And um, so I, um, you know, it, it was quite hard to get back into writing again. I had to have a bit of a break, but I I did get back into it when my second child was possibly about six months old, so probably about the same age as you're two now, Ian. And um, it was really tough, actually. I mean, my husband was working full-time and I obviously didn't have very much time. And I I think the thing I found really difficult about it was just having the headspace to really get absorbed back into a story. Because I suppose, in a way, writing a book is like having a baby, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of... You have to know it so well... Um, and that process took a long time um i just sort of started slowly uh sorry i'm just talking now no you and, go for it that's so, quite alright <laughs> i started slowly um just sort of trying to carve out little bits of time for myself even if it was just sitting in a in a cafe for a few hours um and uh yeah anyway so i just slowly slowly started to kind of get an idea together and wrote it's probably took me about I don't know maybe two years to actually kind of get my draft, my first draft sorted out for this second novel.
0: So when you, when you say you carved out time for yourself, how how on earth did you manage it? Because I <laughs> I I don't have the excuse of um, I mean I'm working full time, but of course, but my wife is at home looking after the twins, and I don't know if it is because we have twins. These are our first children, so I don't have anything to compare to. But inevitably, at weekends, for example, um, I I will never outnumber them. So I have to be involved because they both need equal amounts of attention, and therefore there is no time for me to. And it'd be very difficult anyway for me to say, "Oh, you've been with them all week, so mm. I'm I'm going to have a few hours to go and write uh, mm. a novel." Um, so it's it's incredibly difficult, and I do have. It, it almost feels like at the moment, anyway, it feels like I am trying here and there, but I'm finding. I mean, you say you try to find um, sort of snatch little pockets of time, but I'm struggling to. When I do do that, I'm struggling to actually find myself in a place where I'm actually doing anything that feels like it's worthwhile. It feels like, it feels like I really need several hours to actually get anywhere near um, yeah. something sort of like the right frame of mind.
1: No, I completely agree. I mean, it, to to be honest, your situation sounds far worse than mine. <laughs> because you're having to work full time and I didn't have that um and I also we had a an uh we had a mother's help come um when from I think as I said sort of six months old my second child um so I had a two and a half year old and a six month old year old at uh, six months old son and I had a mother's help here so she was doing some of the cooking and she was cleaning you know she was cleaning and sort of helping me with the sort of you know the chores and stuff so i could i could go off maybe for an hour or two hours um i mean i suppose yeah what i was doing the rest of the time was looking after my kids so it which is like a full full full-time job
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but i mean as you as you say um weekends are really difficult particularly when they're that age and I think having twins is it is double trouble isn't
0: it <laughs> the, the amount the, of the times tw- I've heard that phrase in the last six yeah, months yeah sorry it's so no no it's true
1: but it's true because you've, you've got two kids who are the same age at a demanding age and you know and at six months they really do need you there they need you doing everything for them and that that continues that intense period continues probably for about another year or or, or two um and i think um yeah i mean i struggled during that time but i think it's just important to just kind of keep your keep yourself in it to a certain degree i yeah. mean even if it's just tiny little things even if just if you if it's just reading time or researching or making notes or just sitting you know it's it's just it just having a little bit of time to yourself it just helps doesn't it I mean it's I think you just have to have a lot of patience
0: yes I mean I do one thing I I I have been doing is every time I have any sort of germ of, uh, of an idea um I mean I have an idea for the for the novel in general but and and you know I have lots of I have a few bits and pieces that I've that I've written but I have lots and lots of notes um, which i'm hoping to one at one point actually sit down and put together and start turning into sort of something of a bit more substance but it is um but it, it is difficult and 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 i feel because i felt a lot of pressure when i was um trying to get the first novel published because like you it was it was i think it was 2003 we did the ma and at that point you spend you know a good chunk of money to, to take an ma you you are kind of you're making a very real commitment to this. It's something that you are, you are, you, you've decided that you, you want to do. So getting a novel published is a thing that you've basically said you're going to do by hook or by crook. Mm. And that brings a lot of pressure because as I've talked about before on the podcast, that comes with an awful lot of sacrifice. You, you ask a lot of your friends and especially your family because mm. you do take yourself away for several hours, for, mm. quite possibly for weeks on end. And, um, and so you do put a lot of pressure on. But now I've had a, I've had the novel published and I achieved that that goal. I feel like oh Christ, the pressure's still there. I need to make another one. I need to make it just as good, or I need to make it better. And, I think uh, was,
1: yeah, and I think there is inevitably a lot of pressure on a second book, and that, that I felt that um, with my first, it was it was very autobiographical. The story was already there. Um, I it, it came to me through a short story and. I just started writing the short story and it just went on and on and on. And I realized, my gosh, you know, I've got to write this. This mm. It was, it was, it kind of was, in a way it was already formed in my head because it was part of my experience as a teenager and based, at, you know, in a place that my dad lived. And and um, so it kind of, I mean, you know, to say it spilled out of me is completely wrong because, I mean, I struggled over that. It was my first book, but it was, um, you know, it, Looking back, I kind of think, God, it was actually quite easy compared to how this one has been. And, the, and I think the thing that I've felt the hardest about this one is that I, because it's not autobiographical, um, it's, I just have set myself, I set myself a big challenge in that I, I sort of said, well, if I can do this, if I can crack this, then I'm really a writer. You know, it's it sort of has felt like the beginning of my career, um, and that also partly because I had kids in between. So I had that, I had that sort of, you know, it stalled my career. It, it stopped it for a bit and yeah. I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to go back to it, you know, so I kind of, my energies were elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I had definitely, I had periods of time of thinking, you know, I've, I mean, I've got to do this. I've got to prove it to myself, but also feeling really quite scared that I wasn't able to, you know, maybe. I was a one, but wonder, maybe you know all of those things kind of goes through your head um
0: I think it's quite an interesting thing about being um a writer and and even when you're you're published and you can legi- legitimately say this is a career, albeit uh, you know for most for most authors a second career because most of us have to do something else as well um even even then it still feels um almost like um selfish perhaps that we would spend several hours on a weekend writing um, in in a library or in a cafe or in an office or just just being away from family or or like Mm. I say or or even friends it almost sometimes feels like you know this is a very kind of self-pleasing kind of activity like it's uh, like it's you know I I should like I like I should get a proper job almost yeah no it
1: doesn't and it feels quite indulgent
0: Yes, that's the word I
1: was looking for. Yeah. And also particularly as as you're not being paid for it. So you're constant you know, and because, you know, we we don't have I don't know whether you have a second deal with your with no, with no, no. deal for your second novel. So often writers are working you know, fiction writers are, are not working to commission. And um, you know, it it's it's I mean it's it's incredible really. What other profession do you do where you you're doing something with no knowledge that works that takes so much of your energy and time and no knowledge that you're actually going to have anything other than of course the you know the product the thing that you've created um but it's 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 it, it takes a while i think to kind of engage your head into that particularly when what comes into it is having to pay for childcare which um um we've you know i've had to invest we've had to invest a lot of money into childcare in order to get this book written mm. but then i think it's also quite challenging because it's it's kind of it's. It, you also have to really face up to the fact that you are a writer, and it's something that you are going to invest time and money into, and, and you're going to work really hard at it. And and then you are much more likely to to do it. You know, if you've if you've invested all of that into it, you take yourself seriously, and you're much more likely to have have it have it at the end of the day, and work really hard to, to make it really good.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's um, it's it, it, like I say, it's it's a commitment, isn't it? Once you've made that commitment, it becomes. I think a lot of people stop writing novels because, um, well, it, it it gets hard very quickly. But also that that sense of sacrifice is is really hard to do. It's really difficult to say to your friends. You know, if, if you I found I wrote my novel in my twenties, so. I found it hard at times to say no i 'm not going to go to the pub. <laughs> just mm. a simple thing like that, which I'd had to do lots and lots of times um, you know there was lots of lots of other occasions where where I missed out you know I missed out on um, on friends' birthday parties and stuff like that at certain points, which was you know looking back i can 't quite believe I did it, but it was because I was taking it so seriously and because it meant mm. so much to me mm. and, um, and i once i once i 'm out of the fog of the first well, how long did you say? 18 months? <laughs>
1: well, I, I think, I, think you, I mean, it's like, you know, as a parent, you, you have to learn to just take every day as it comes anyway, because they change so quickly, don't they? I mean, it's, it's in a sense, it's kind of like that with, with writing and trying to juggle everything at the same time. You just, you can't really look forwards. I think you've just got to, to, to work with the time that you have. And then slowly that time gets more and more.
0: And and to try and forgive yourself is what I've, I've and to,
1: yeah heard. not put too much pressure on yourself. I think it's hard um, to, not to do that. But the thing I just was also thinking about was investing time into the project and and what you get out of that. But also that that really is the the whole thing about writing a book, isn't it? It's it's about time. It's about it's about living with something over a period of time um, and in some ways having that breadth of time because, you, because your time is so limited, it's going to take you longer to do it than someone who doesn't have children. Um, but actually, I think that there's a lot of benefit in that. You know, that's a really positive thing because it means that you have all that space and all that time for the, the thing to breathe and to live and to, to find itself. And, um, you know, the product, the, the, the finished product that I have now is 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 the result of all the years that i've written it you know that that's what i think is the magic about writing a book is that it's it's the result of you writing it for that period of time it comes out of you and it comes out of your situation um and that that's what makes it unique that's what makes it your book So I think that's quite interesting as well.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels worth it once you've got to the end. I know that. And I can't wait to get to the end of a second novel because right now it feels like such a long way away. Mm. But I know that when I get there, I will be um, over the moon and very proud and all the things I felt when I finished the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... You should be.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, So have you approached the actual writing of the second novel any differently? I, I I, winged winged it a little bit, the first one, especially early early on. So when I was writing A's for Angelica, I had the first 10,000 words and had no idea what was going to come after that. It was, it was only when people read it and said they liked it, I thought, oh, crikey, I'd better, I better make this into a, a novel and think of what comes next. Mm. But but I only ever really worked a few chapters in advance with some idea of what I thought the ending would be. Um. But, because of all the reasons we've just discussed about how difficult it's going to be to find the time and to make as many sacrifices because you know some things can't be sacrificed like children or time with children um so i'm i'm going I'm hoping to be far more structured, so I'm going to have a real kind of plan and have dedicated sort of time slots where I know exactly what i'm going to write in that time. That's my theory. I wondered if you did anything like that
1: um Once I got, once I knew the story, I, I was really, um, very structured about it and very, very disciplined. Um, but it took me quite a long time to, to know the story. So to really know what I was doing. Um, I think, um, it took me, let me think it took me probably about 18 months to kind of work out the structure and then, I kind of went through maybe six months of kind of really working out structure. (laughs) And then, um, and then I started to, and I mean, I'd written drafts before this that weren't really working. I mean, not, not like a whole draft, but maybe I think the most I got was kind of half a draft, which I actually showed to Jane Rogers, who was my mentor on it. Um, and it wasn't working. Um, and then once I worked out perspective and, and, and the real story, uh, that was about almost two years ago, I would say. Um, I then plotted it out and I wrote a quota every day and I, and I got it done. You know, I, I sort of did it in about a year. So I, I, yeah, So in answer to your question, yes, but it kind of took me quite a long time to get to that point. Um,
0: decide what that quota would be did it did it come naturally to have a work hand that you aim for because a lot of the i've spoken to various uh people about this in the past and a lot of people i get i get ribbed quite a lot for how long it took me to finish my first novel <laughs> it took several years um and i know there are some people and there's so many there's so much information online about how to write more quickly and all this kind of thing and it's all about setting targets and get you know get your bum in the seat that kind of thing yeah and I've never really worked that way. I, I can put my bum in the seat, but that doesn't mean that I don't spend the next four hours working on a single paragraph.
1: Yeah. Um, Everybody works so differently. I, I don't think there's any one way to do it. Is there? I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's very individual. Some people write first drafts in three months. Um, I've never been able to do that. I've always been someone who kind of, it was probably more similar to you. I sort of deliberate over things and I go back and rework and stuff which actually I think and you end up wasting time doing that so I do want to try and train myself to be a little bit more kind of lacking you know not so perfectionist because I think think it's it's sort of you're battling with yourself to 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 write a hundred thousand bad words which is what a first draft essentially is is quite a leap in 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 sort of confidence um and I've never been very good at that but um I, I, I learned how to be very good at being exceptionally disciplined. So when my kids were in nursery or, or school, um, I mean, it was nursery at first, um, I had three hours um, for four mornings. Um, and the minute that they left out the door, my husband took them to nursery. I sat down at my desk and I wrote. And then, you know, 20 minutes before I was due to pick them up, I stopped. And that's kind of been my practice, and it still is my practice when when I'm not with them I'm working and it, it just means that i you know I, I don't get my hair cut i don't I don't do much exercise i you know i that, that you have to kind of fit in uh the rest of your life into that schedule um but um and is that, there
0: is there anything you particularly do to, that you particularly tell yourself any kind of um i don't know I'm going to use the word zone, I apologise. Is there any sort of zone that you need to get yourself into? Because that is something that I do struggle with. I am I am a fidget, to say the least.
1: Well, the, 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 the technique that's worked for me has been that I... If I'm going to write the next morning, I have a bath the night before at about 9 o'clock, 9.30. I'll lie in the bath and I'll think about the scene that I'm going to write. And I always find the bath is a real real de stressor and, and you start to sort of access your subconscious and stuff, you know, you're relaxing and and then I'll sit in bed and I'll write up notes very much kind of from that back brain. Um, and I'll plot out the scene that I'm gonna write the next day. So then often when you're asleep, your brain is still sort of working out these things and then in the morning I'll feel very ready to write it. And I tend to write it in longhand. Um, And it might only take me an hour. And that's possibly uh, 2000 words. Um, And then I put it onto the screen. And when I when I put it onto the screen, I'm editing it as I go along. So it kind of goes through three different processes. Um, And that works for me, because I find early in the morning, if I'm freed from the stuff I've done the night before, which is working out what I'm doing, I'm free from that. So my brain is able to just kind of ramble, in a sense. You know, it's, it's able to be free. Um, that that is like going into the zone for me. And writing in longhand is definitely much more in tune with the subconscious, I find, than than writing in on the computer.
0: That, that sounds like of, a, that sounds like a very um, sensible way of doing things, and, and actually. Quite methodical, but in a in a kind of um, you know quite a, quite a um, I don't know. It's the sort of thing that I struggle to do, and the thing that I that I want to try and do more of is have that have that plan. It's kind of what I mean when I say I want to know exactly what I'm going to write when I when I get a pocket of time. So it might not be, I might not. Well, I, I, I can't see in the, in the immediate future a time where I'll have an entire day to write. But if I know that I've got a couple of hours, then I want to be in a position where I know exactly what those couple of hours are going to be spent doing. And that sounds, that sounds more or less like what you have done.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to prepare the night before because then you wake up and you know exactly what you're going to do. So you don't you don't waste all that time sitting there sort of twiddling your thumbs thinking, mm, you know, blank page. Ah. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it really I mean, for me, I actually got very obsessional about that in that if I didn't have my night, which meant I didn't go out in the evenings when I was writing. As you say, it's like you, you're having to, to cancel loads of commitments because your evening is as important as your next morning. Um Um, And if I didn't have my evening before, my next morning was shot. I mean, it just didn't work, um, and I would waste a morning. So um, I became very, very sort of strict about that. Um, And then I had, you know, days that I didn't write, and actually then they became my days off, and then I could actually enjoy my evening before, you know, have a few glasses of wine or or see a friend or something. So, yeah, I mean, you are kind of, you you do have to be quite... um, so meticulous and and sort of set it out it's, know, a, it's a
0: military it. operation isn't it right it is
1: <laughs> oh yeah no it is definitely
0: um, okay well just one last thing that I'd quite like to ask you about and that's um, well it's something that I do know a bit about but I think that you've made use of these people more than I have, and that's mentors. So you mentioned Jane Rogers there, who was um, one of our tutors on the MA. Now you're mm. not on the MA anymore, but you're, you said that she has um, mentored you through writing mm. the second novel. So how how has that worked, and 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 um, um, how useful was it?
1: Um, I got in contact with her when I had my when I was pregnant with my second child, and I just said I kind of felt like I needed her there just to sort of hold my hand, really. Um, to help me set deadlines and have something to work towards. And and we were gonna have an organize it through the university at the time. And then I didn't really produce anything for her, so maybe a year passed. Um, and then I got in contact with her again and she suggested that I go through she was mentoring through this thing called Gold Dust, which I think was set up by another tutor at Sheffield, and it's just a lot of writers who mentor from it. Um, and I realized uh that I could get arts council funding, so I applied for arts council funding to pay for her, and I got that, which was brilliant because they were at that time supporting writers on their second novels um so they they paid for the mentoring scheme um and then, yes, yeah, she read I wanted to wait until I'd written a full draft. She read an early half draft, helped me with that, and then i i my agent saw that and said it wasn't working, so i started again, and then I showed her my finished draft, I think probably about uh eight months ago um gosh, yeah, it's taken me that long um and she was really helpful um and yeah, no I mean I think it definitely it definitely helps I mean I think you know as you know you need readers don't mm. you, you need- Um, For me, I suppose it was probably more to do with just knowing that that she she was someone for me to kind of send stuff to and someone who I could ask advice from. And we had a relationship anyway. Yes. Um, And I knew that she got on with my work and she liked what I did. So, you know, that really helps. I think you kind of need to know that you're going to get on with each other. Actually, interestingly, I'm trying to do a bit of mentoring myself now. Um, and I think that's really the key is that you kind of you have to have an affinity, definitely, with, with someone you're going to work with because you do work quite closely with them.
0: Yeah, it's a position of trust. I mean, that same goes with working with uh, an agent and then an editor, an editor as well, isn't it? You have to have that. It's not just a um, well, it is, I guess, a business transaction, but it's not really. It's, um, it becomes... someone,
1: they've got to get yeah, they've got to get where you're coming from. They've got to understand what you're doing.
0: Indeed. So uh, where are we now then, with the second novel? What, what point are you with it? What are you at? With
1: um, it? I'm really nearly finished. I've been <laughs> saying that for so long. Um, I am really, really nearly finished. I, I sent it to my agent um, about a month ago, and she loved it, but wanted me to do another draft. And I'm part of a writers' group now as well, and they read it and they really helped me work out some some issues with it. Um, and I've been redrafting it my mum has just read it and she's been brilliant um, and I'm about to go away for a week in this amazing place in Ireland called the Tyron Guthrie Centre which is a writer's retreat and it's such an artist's retreat um, and I'm just going to bury myself in it and, and I'm going to then send it back to my agent on my return which will be next week yeah, at the end of next week so I'm I've only got like 10 more days on it at this stage. And then I'm hoping that she'll be happy with what I've done and she'll send it out to publishers kind of in the next month. That's what I'm hoping.
0: So this is a very exciting stage of the process by the sounds of it.
1: It is really exciting. Yeah, (laughs) I'm really, I'm quite looking forward to not having to keep on working on it. It's, yeah, it's been, it's, it's a much different book from my first. It's really quite complex and it's... Got a lot going on in it, and it's it's been very very challenging to say the least.
0: Well, best of luck with it, and thank you very much for um, talking to us about um, about it today. Thank you. Where on earth can we find you on the internet, and where can we find um, uh, your first novel, Shadow in the Sun?
1: Shadow in the Sun you can get from Amazon um, for very cheap now because it is actually out of print. Um, But I am hoping to republish it either through a publisher or or myself when I've got this book deal, this next book deal. Um, But you can get it on Amazon. Um, And you can find me. I've got a website, which is Lily Dunn. That's dot uk, And I'm also on Twitter as Lily Dunn Writer.
0: Marvelous. And you can find me at um, Ian Broom on Twitter, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E, and also at ianbroom.com. And um, And I think that's it. Thanks again for joining us, Lily.
1: Brilliant. Thank you.
0: i speak to you soon.